Hi guys, welcome back to the Trekway. And Gray absolutely oh, oh. missed it. He absolutely I made an arse of it. Oh well. Yeah. Nice one, Gray. Hi guys, welcome back to the Trekway. I'll just check really slow and that way. <laughs> With Gray Gamer and myself. He's too, Gray, you're too into that. Um, it's like muscle memory now doing all that at the start now that you're like, you don't tell me to rehearse my lines two minutes before. Um, we don't have any more still Picard to talk about, which is a shame, but um, we do like could doing specials. <laughs> well, we could, we could, and and one of these officers is in this special, to be fair. Mm. We will be talking, we'll be doing some more specials between now and, and the launch of Strange New World Season 2 in next month, Great, I believe? June, yeah. June, June. Uh, June 15th, I think. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, uh, if anyone has ideas and specials that they want us to cover in Star Trek, please just comment below. If we've not already mm -hmm. done it, we will certainly entertain it. We welcome. I, I like comments more than I like subs, to be fair. And that sounds a bit silly, but means there's interaction. Um, and don't forget, get the, get the paperwork out of the way, so to speak. Um, catch us as well on audio po uh, podcast platforms if you just don't want to see your faces. Um, and you can get us on Twitter at The Trekway. Uh, and don't forget, my man here, Grey Gamer, he's got an entertainment show, which is done once a month. And he uh, can be found at uh, Grey's Green Room on Twitter, YouTube, and the podcasts. And you can get him on Twitter at Grey's Green Room as well. And don't forget, if you like your gaming as well, if you're watching Star Trek you're not a gamer, why not? Then you can join our colleague and our friend uh, Nick uh, at Extreme PC UK on Twitter, um, YouTube, podcast platforms, all the same again. Yep. Um, uh, and we might be recording that later. We'll see. And if you didn't uh, know by now, Trevor and I are really busy. <laughs> we do. A lot. We do this we... once a week. We yeah. do the gaming once a week. We do my thing once a month. So already that's nine podcasts. Yeah. A month. I potentially use Thursdays for podcasts, and I can do four podcasts on a one day. And people oh, think wait, I'm I mad. Do, I, I forgot. I do. I do about nine, but then you have your football one. Yeah, my football, week? my football stroke soccer one. Yeah, that's I do that. No, once a fortnight because it's too much. Okay, okay. I, that's the one I have to do the most research on. Because you should put that in the description. I sent you. I sent you a copy. Remember, Gray? I don't. No, no, no. I mean, to. yeah, I know. You you should put it in the your description down. There. Um, it's nothing to do with Star Trek. Otherwise, I would. What? Anyway, people well, want football. Well, wait a minute. Technically, PC gaming has nothing to do with Star Trek either. But we've still put the True. info. Got to pump yourself, dude. Put it down there. Anyway, digress this already. This man is football all the way. I'm so what are, we, what are we going to be discussing today, Gray, and why? Okay, I haven't asked you why we're going to do this, but I want you to tell us why we're going to cover this. Well, we, we try to think of different things for specials, and I've I've loaded up with a bunch of ideas, but one of them is a favorite first officers. So we always look at the show. We always know the captain, but there's always a camaraderie or closeness of the top three or whatever characters of the bunch. Not to say that the others don't have their time to shine. They all do. But when you're really looking at it, it's usually the, the top three. And that would be your favorite, your first officer and maybe whatever, the doctor, whomever. 
Yeah. Uh, it started started with TOS when you had Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and and then it kind of, you know, Scotty a lot too, and then it kind of drifted along the others. So we felt it was fair to sit there and look at what we think is favorite first officers going all the way back to TOS. So all Star Trek's on the card, so you can yeah. We're talking about anyone now. Um, it's a usual format. Gonna, um, I think include every first officer we think of but we may miss you know one or two but we'll but we'll see we're trying to oh, cover yeah, all the base there's no 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 yeah noticeable uh mentions at the end of course but we do our usual format is top three or top five and we went top five from least favorite to most favorite and least favorite doesn't mean we don't like them it's just mm -hmm. we have to pick a top five so and we save the best at the end and we'll talk about why we like them like strengths weaknesses um any notable episodes that you know of that they're in that's optional gray i didn't note that down because that's getting a bit nitpicky but if there's you go oh yeah this two-part special this episode they're great and mention it and that'll prove they're, they're but, and it, even even the mighty spot won't be perfect so we'll you know we can find negatives and pluses for all these guys you know so um okay Without further ado, we'll, we'll dive in and we'll be a bit geeky. Why the hell not? Start off sure. with fifth or least favourite and we'll let Grey go first, who he chose, why, good, bad, all that okay. kind of stuff. Um, and again, when we say least favourite, it's not technically least favourite. It's just that we have to put it in some kind of order. Yeah. And, it, and unless, some, unless a first officer is really not that good, um, we tend to give them all the respect. But when you have to break a list down, you got to break a list down. So. Yep. Um, Una Chin Riley, which is Strange New Worlds, uh, is my pick for fifth. And basically my reason is really simple because we she's not really been proven yet. We haven't seen that much of her. It's only been one season. you know. And what we see of her is good, but we really don't have anything to base it on. So it's kind of she falls to fifth place as default, I yeah. guess, in my mind. Um, I assume when season two starts, which is gonna, I guess, start off with a bang because season one, Una was in trouble, uh, you know, because she basically was against some Starfleet, you know, she was genetically engineered rules. or altered, wasn't she? Right, and this is gonna be interesting to see how they resolve this or properly so that she gets back on the ship. So it will be uh, kind of interesting. So we'll see how that goes, but yeah, that's my reason. It's just mostly as a default fallback. Because anything you don't like in the, the, the any of the times we've seen her, that or like like you say again, not seen her much, so can't really comment too. Yeah, much. not really. I can't really. I mean, I've liked everything I've seen with Strange New Worlds. I I can't really put my finger on anything. If I had to make one criticism, if you want to call it that, it's just that the chemistry has to develop and, or, or has developed over the time of, from the first episode to the last. Has, yeah. um, and I think that the chemistry actually evolved quite quickly, which was really good because a lot of times when the Star Trek series come out, that chemistry doesn't, doesn't start off with a bang. It may take a season, you know, or more before it really gels. Um, but this pretty much gelled by the time you got to the end. And, so well in fact that uh and i'm not really spoiling anything here because it's season one's been out for some time now uh but the original chief engineer uh was it hem hem hemler i forgot his name um he ended up dying in the first season and uh, chief hammer 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 and 
I didn't know that was going to happen. And I'm sitting there going like, oh, I, I like this that. guy. He's yeah. cool. Yeah. And then he dies. And I'm like, no. So we, I felt really bad, which shows you in a short time how invested you got into a character. You know, so, so we really one? can't. Right. So for number one or, or the first officer, we can't. I mean, yeah. I like what I've seen, but how do you rate that? I mean, you really can't. But I believe she be deserves to be in fifth because of the overall fact that the series is good and, and she's good, you know, et cetera. So. Um, no surprise. Well, actually, maybe it is a surprise. I picked the same as Grey. Um, and it's, she's someone I actually thought of pretty early. Now, to, to caveat this, um, I'd had this conversation briefly with Grey earlier on today on Discord that we can and we cannot. It's, it's title up to yourself, Grey, whether you choose particular versions of a character, right? Mm -hmm. Mirror Universe a bloody Kelvin timeline, although why would you pick that? Um, it's all opened. You can take from that what you want, or you can talk about the character in general. So no one's judging. Uh, I just wanted to say that. Uh, now, the reason I mention that is because, number one, because I've put that down, that's what she's known as, even though we finally found that find, have her full name on Strange New Worlds, which we didn't before, uh, mm. because she's there, obviously, in TOS as well. But she's hardly ever used, which is a shame. Uh, yeah. And that was Jean Roddenberry's wife? No, that oh. was, yeah, it was Jean Roddenberry's wife was yeah. number one. She, and the only reason that that character didn't last was not because of Jean Roddenberry. Yeah. That was because that back then, believe it or not, I know it sounds weird today, but in the 60s, the, the, uh, the executives said, oh, yeah, we we can't have a woman in that high of a position. That's and they made too many sacrifices already for Gene for what he could have on screen. So he made that sacrifice. Correct. Exactly. So in, it was a shame that it went down that way, but a lot of things were different in the 60s than they are today. And that was Major, Major, Major uh, that done that She also done the voice yeah. of the computer, computer and the next generation. In fact, modern Trek as we was, know uh, not in TOS. Right, she was she wasn't TOS, but it was modern. She wasn't TOS's computer, but it, she was TNG. TNG era, as we shouldn't dub that. I think yeah. that's fair safe to say. She uh, was also uh, Deanna Troy's mother. Yeah, she was. She was a pain in the arse, wasn't she? She was, she was great. She was great. <laughs> no, she was great. Really but the, char job. the character was a pain in the arse, I meant. Oh, yeah. It wasn't oh, yeah. bad. She was brilliant in the role. Picard would be Actually, like, was oh, God. She was, hitting, uh, she was hitting on Picard. I don't know she if you was, remember. Was but there was an episode... Sorry, there was an episode that Majel was in where she starred as uh, Troy's mother, and she I, and she was on Deep Space Nine. And there was an episode where she was stuck in in uh, an elevator or whatever, a turbo lift or whatever happened in DS DS Nine with Odo, and Odo had to go back into his bucket. He was actually falling apart, and he was very embarrassed to let this happen in in front of. Uh, Troy's mom and it was a really touching scene because he was just and she kept on telling him I'm not I understand and this is one of the few times where she was very very emotional and she told you know Odo I, I know what you have to do I'll help you I won't say anything and he finally let loose and she actually like she had like a long gown on and she actually let him little, go ahead and just like land right in her gown and she wrapped it up I forgot that so that he could, Weird. So that he could rest uh, and that way, by the time they got rescued, he could reform into Odo and nobody would know anything went down. And uh, it was a really, really good episode. I mean, she, Major really got a chance to shine in that episode even more than she usually does. 
Uh, so if you ever remember, I don't remember the name of it, but it was a great Deep Space Nine episode. Really good. I'm glad you uh, r reminded me of that because I had totally forgotten about that, and I think that's, I think that's bloody brilliant to be honest with you. Um, mm. I will go back and watch it actually. Uh, so yeah, as I was saying before, um, there's different versions of this character. There's two versions at least, um, and we are, I think, speak on Ray's behalf. We're talking about the actress that plays her, Rebecca Romain, uh, who plays a crack mm. and roll. She's got that kind of. Dry wet. It's very Spock-esque, actually, even though you don't really see much of yeah, that in TOS. I um, and we like her. I, I like her so far. I think she's doing a great job. I think she is very easy on the eye, and I'm not going to apologize for saying that. I'm a, I'm a bloke. I'm a guy. I'm a but she's got many, many talents there, and I think she's going to make a cracking first officer for the rest of the season. I can't put any mm -hmm. negatives on her, really. Not at this stage, anyway. It's possible later right. on we might find that. So... Um, and it's about time these characters were fleshed out a little bit because we hardly ever saw her. That was a master stroke, having her mainly in uh, Strange New Worlds. Right. Um, yeah, so fourth place is interesting. Yeah, safe to say. Uh, Gray, do you want to tell us? Uh, yes, here's like our, here's our, this is our first I don't understand pick with Trev here. <laughs> I picked uh, Chakotay from don't, Voyager. Don't, 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 don't spoil mine. Don't spoil mine. So I felt as I started thinking about it, because I didn't see Voyager up there, but Trev will tell you why. Chakotay's not the list for me. And he, and he hasn't told me, so it'll all be a surprise. But um, I thought that Chakotay needed to be in fourth place uh, amongst the ones that I was considering. Um, he didn't start out, at, you know, he was, he was the Maquis. So in Voyager, it was kind of a little bit of a rocky relationship at the beginning. But once he kind of settled into being number one, to Janeway, it really worked out well, and I thought he did a, a really good job, uh, actually. So I, I felt he deserved to be there, and I thought he did an excellent job. And hey, look, the series did did well enough. So there had to be something going on that was right. But he played off very well to Janeway. So that's another thing. If you don't play off well enough, it ain't gonna work. And he did well. Any kind of memorable episodes that you recall that he really shined in or you don't need i'm not talking about titles i'm just talking about leaving a description or there probably is but i just i can't really think at the moment only because i, I it's been so long since i've seen some of the episodes i've got to go back and watch some old trek again i mean there's so many episodes especially with tng and i don't know what it was the other day i saw a clip of a tng episode and yeah i'm not saying i didn't forget it but it was so long that I almost forgot what was going on in the clip. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it gets that way when you don't. I mean, with TOS, it's not so much, but that's because back when TOS was on and became a world phenomenon, I, all you had was three seasons. So basically, I watched every one of those, you know, probably 10 times. So those are ingrained in my memory for the most part. Um, yeah. Even though I've seen Voyager more, more than once, I can't really say whether I've seen every episode more than once. Um, I have. many yes well i know you have yes you grew up on that one but despite that though i would love to go back and watch you know and occasionally i will pop on an episode and go back and watch some of the you know older ones but yeah i, I can't think of one that stands out right now i'm sure there is uh yeah. but I, I can't think of it at this any, moment. any anecdotes about about this character that you didn't like maybe in the in the series chakotay 
No, I just thought that it was interesting at the beginning when he was Maquis, and I and I didn't know how they were going to resolve that. And I didn't know whether that was going to make for a proper first officer. Yeah, but true. the way Janeway, but the way Janeway explained it when it all went down, was she felt that first of all, he, she felt that the, that he would be a good first officer. Second, it was almost kind of a necessity because there were more than one member aboard the Voyager that were Maquis, and if you put somebody in a position of power right next to the captain that is Maquis, it's going to go a long way to making the rest of the Maquis people feel more uh, yeah. at home. So you kind of had to do it too. Not that she, that was her only reason, but since she liked Chakotay so much and felt he would be good and it did fulfill the second reason, you know, that he was Maquis and other people were Maquis, it made sense. So It's a solid choice. Um, I don't have Chakotay on my list, but I'll discuss briefly why I don't have him on my list and pretend he's, he's yeah, in there somewhere, even though he isn't. <laughs> um, I want to hear this one. Go ahead. He, he wasn't, he, he never done anything outstanding. I think of my first officers that I'm going to talk about, especially when we get mm. to the first two, three, top two, three. He was never outstanding in his field. He was, he was just one of these guys as a as a character, as an officer in Starfleet that quietly got his job done, and he done it well. But he just quietly done it. Um, he wasn't flam a flamboyant flamboyant first officer to his captain, right? Uh, so mm. nothing majorly stand outy. That's why. That's the main reason, and that might sound a bit lame, but we've got my five are based on what they've done. Something stood out for me that I liked, and uh, when I tell you my fourth choice is Gray, will think I'm nuts. There's a reason. In fact, I kind of hinted to him as to why I included this fourth choice. Um, well, before you do that, though, wait. I have not so, it yet. Don't worry. Based on your reasoning that you just gave for Chakotay, then what? What I think is kind of interesting is you still picked. Una Chin Riley is fifth, mm -hmm. and she hasn't done a whole lot, and it was only one season. I think she was more standy outy, to use a, a, a phrase. Um, In one season yes, versus seven? Yes, yes. Yeah, the, uh, was very, <laughs> he was very meh. Was, you know? He was very Chakotay. Whereas Re 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 Rebecca remains take on the character, very Spock-esque, like, you know, very logical, very sensible, very knowledgeable but with a little dry twist of humour onto it, which I, I like, and mm -hmm. she's got a great angle going forward. He had the Maquis thing, and every time they've done Chakotay special uh, episodes just on him, or mainly just on him, they were crap. The ones with the boxing and stuff, and the... I just don't like him. I don't <laughs> dislike... Can I just clear something up? I don't dislike Chakotay. I don't dislike the character. Voyager's right, my right. favourite Star Trek series, so um, he done a job. Uh, he just... You, you, I've got high standards here. I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> touching more on Jacote, to be fair. Um, I, I, I get your reasoning. I, I do. Uh, I just thought because the body of work was so much larger. True, that true. Chakotay yeah. should have been in the fifth position then. Um, yeah, so, uh, like, say, Jacote for me, um, that, that I don't think he was written well enough for him as well. It's nothing to do with... Robert Beltran's performance, he was absolutely fine. I think maybe some of it subconsciously came through because Robert said that before Voyager he wasn't a Star Trek fan and after he wasn't massively a Star Trek fan either. He didn't really go to many conventions or do much Star Trek work after. He just left it be. Yeah. So maybe that potentially seeped through. But I don't think he was re uh, written for well enough 
some of these episodes were crap. The angle at the end with Endgame, they had a love affair with Seven and Nine, was just awful. Why? They were trying to put a storyline in there for the sake of it when it didn't have to exist. It made no sense. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd blame the writers a little bit for, for not making them better. But also I think Robert not being a massive star. Not you have to be a Star Trek fan. You don't, but I think sometimes yeah, there's, it, there's, sometimes yeah, it can there's help. There's people that have done Star Trek that never even heard of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. So it probably it doesn't up being great. So I do like. I actually, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually going to follow your line of reasoning in a minute. For for uh, for, for your third choice, I'm not. Oh, for later no. choice, right? Okay, you'll see. Okay, it's coming up. Um, so uh, three. My my fourth choice is uh, Jack Ransom, uh, from Star Trek Lord Dex, uh, voiced by the great Jerry O'Connell. I recognized that name and the voice as soon as I heard it and saw it. It was brilliant. Now, it's an animated show. People can poke fun at it. They're allowed to. Um, I laugh at it. I don't treat it too seriously. It's done really, really well for Paramount. That's why they're making another season of it, and they may keep may do a couple of more seasons from what I'm hearing. Um, so it's funny. Don't If people try to take it as hardcore Star Trek, they're going to be disappointed because while, okay. it's, great, while it's in the same... TNG type here of Star Trek, it's designed to be funny, whereas you don't get that same humor in other Star Trek shows. So just to put that into a little separate bubble, I enjoy it. It's funny. Jack isn't the funniest character on this show, but the scenes he does get because it's obviously set. It's the lower decks that get the limelight, but the the bridge crew do appear in most episodes at least a little bit. And every time Jack comes in, he just saves the day with his muscles. Any, any opportunity for this man to take his shirt off? I mean, there's literally an episode where they were worshipping worshiping him as a god because of the muscles and all that, and he literally yeah, helps save civilization with the muscles. So, you know, he takes his shirt off and he asks people if they work out, and he just, he makes me laugh. It's different. It's something unique. I've seen him in, how many seasons have we had Lord Dex now? Two? Three? Yeah. Three, three, three. Yeah, so we've had him for a while now, so there's plenty of content to go on. Um, you know, like there's other characters I prefer in Lord Dex than him. He's like third or fourth choice down the list, like at Shaxx, uh forgotten the doctor's name, Doctor well, Cat, as you, you call him. Cat, they're they're Dr. funnier. Cat, yeah. They're He's funnier. My number one. But my the my I prefer the bridge crew to the Lord Dex, if I'm being honest with you. Um But that's my reason. It might sound a bit silly. Now there's obviously there's a downside to that, that you don't see him as much as first officers in, in live action series. And right. obviously he's very vain, but he does have a soft spot. Him and Beckett had a ding dong for a while, Gray, if you remember, and they actually had mm-hmm. a mutual respect by the end of the last season for one another. They weren't best friends, but they had a mutual respect. So he does have a soft, sensitive side, but he obviously deflects a lot with the guns and the abs and stuff. And it's funny. Um, anything you want to touch on in Jack there? Uh, <laughs> I realise what I just said I, there. I anything just, you want to I touch mean, on in Jack? Like... His abs? Oh, yeah, yeah. A six pack, eight pack, twelve pack, whatever. Um, I, I, I like the character. I, I get what you're saying, but when I saw you pick it as number four, I did one of these. What? what <laughs> so do you want like, to talk about the one of your uh, notable uh, six or seven places now? Or, or oh yeah, touch no. On it later. Um, no, we'll, we'll touch on that later. Okay, okay, okay. Because we'll talk about that separately because it's it's it's, yeah. it's valid and warranted. So yeah, that is sure. Jackie Boy. Loved them, funny. We've never seen that from a first officer before. So good. Uh, third, get into the 
we're heating up now, and the top three is what it's really about for the prizes. Uh, Gray, why did you select this character, and why? And this is when I went, what the hell? He's not in the top two. I had to. I was going to fly over to Florida, bang his head against the wall, and sack him. Go. Okay, so I picked uh, in number three spot of first officers. I picked uh, Riker from TNG. Now, yeah, I know. And when I said that, same as I reacted to Jack on the fourth, he's, you know, Trevor's going, what? Um, but <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I'm using the reasoning the same as you did a moment ago, as far as how it was written. Because even though uh, the whole cast of TNG was important, it was a family, it meant a lot to all of us. Um, and you can prove that by watching Picard season three and how he felt about it. Um, so it's not that. It's just that if you have to go back through the body of work of all seven seasons, and I'm, and we're, I'm not the only one, there are plenty of fans that have said the same thing, that Riker was never given, not I wouldn't say never, but rarely given enough material to really shine, per se. Um, and he's probably shined more in the movies and more in season three of Picard and even a little bit in season <clears throat> one and two of Picard <laughs> than he did in the entire TNG series. So based on that, okay, on the on the pure fact that he could have been written better, he could have gotten uh, uh, better material or been just a just a better character altogether. And I and I kind of blame the writers some on that one. That's why I put him in third. If he had been the Riker that we're seeing now in the movies and especially in season three of Picard, I wouldn't have an issue about moving him even past three into, into two, you know, or whatever, but I can't, I can't do that based on, you know, the whole body of work per se. Okay. Um, and that, and it's not just a body of work. It's also, you know, whatever performance wise is this and that, but that's kind of where I kind of settled on that one. So that's my, my any, reasoning on that one. Any notable, notable, episodes that you recall him being in that you think, oh wow, he was good in that. Um no, I mean I can't sit there and single out ones, but there were but there were a couple times where Riker had to more or less be in command or in had to be in command of a situation uh that that uh uh Jean Luc Picard wasn't or couldn't. And I think in those particular episodes, those were great because he really got to see him stretch. But when he was in just his role of number one, like, hey, look, he was a great number one. There's no doubt about it. He knew what his role was, and he played the role like he's supposed to. And there wasn't any point in time, in, really, in TNG where he didn't play the role properly with command and with presence, even if it was only for a minute or two. You yeah. know, you you could easily say an actor only getting like maybe a few lines in an episode would just kind of like you know phone it in because. He doesn't have much to say. He never did that. He never phoned it in. He always gave it his all, even if it was only a little here and there. So, obviously, he deserves it. Okay. Okay. Um, I won't touch on him yet, because I've got that later on. Uh, so I, mm -hmm. I counter that and agree somewhat and counter it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, solid choice, though. Regardless, he made the top three, so I should thank you, I guess, I think. Um, <laughs> my third choice... Is Major Kira Narice, played by the excellent Nana Visitor, 
um, who I absolutely adore. Like she's absolutely brilliant. Uh, all these people mm-hmm. that weren't necessarily big Trekkies before they joined, or were Trekkies but came out of their individual Star Trek franchise, having a love for it. She absolutely loves Deep, Deep Space Nine. You see it in the documentary, "What We Left Behind." Brilliant documentary. Recommend you watch it if you haven't. Um, she was different for me because it was the first first officer that I'm aware of that wasn't part of Starfleet that came in and right. while she had the rank of major in Starfleet terms, think of it as a, you get contractors now for your the, the jobs that you do in your business you know, you could think of her as a kind of liaison or a contractor, you know uh, Bajoran uh, being through the Bajoran Wars with the Cardassians uh, had a massive chip on her shoulder and rightly so fantastic actress um and she played the role really well at the start. I wasn't sure how it was going to work with her. But the Bajoran side, she's got to run represent Starfleet at the same time. And there wasn't really massive ding-dongs between her and Cisco. But it, at the start, they weren't best of friends either. It took later on, a couple of seasons in, before they started to really respect each other. And they could right. trust and rely on each other. And Cisco really relied on her. He looked after the Starfleet thing just as much as she looked after the Bajoran side of things. And what I like about her was also um, she very sassy, very opinionated, very, we'll say, we'll call a spade a spade. Um, She's very ballsy as well. Took no shit. She's probably the toughest first officer that I know of out of the list of ones I put down. You wouldn't mess with her over anyone. Um, She would you know, serve your ass to you in a plate. Um, so, big fan of her. She she done the role really, really, really well. Uh, and as well, she was a very, very good at um, the Tic Tacs, the old tactics and uh, military planning and that kind of stuff. That worked really well for her later on in Deep Space Nine because she comes from the Bajoran Resistance. Um, and she even learns, she doesn't love Cardassians Kedarsian, by the end. <laughs> But she doesn't hate them as much as she used to because there's there was there was at least one episode where she has close contacts with Cardassians that are not like Garrick or anything or anyone on the station. Where Gold Cat, yeah, she she learns that not all of them are bad and it actually softens her a little bit. And that's I can't remember the name of the episodes, but they were later on in, in Deep Space Nine, and it was actually I used to dislike Deep Space Nine, right? Because I think I've discussed this in a favorite series. Because mm. having having a Star Trek show that's not on a starship is wrong, and I still agree to that philosophy to this day. And that's why Deep Space Nine's best seasons were when the Defiant was involved. And I think the viewing figures and people's opinions kind of back me up on that. You don't have to agree with it, of course. It's just my opinion on it. Because uh, you had the space station and you had the Defiant. You had the best of both worlds. Um, and it was at its best then. Um, and Nana made the best of the tools she had at her disposal. I think she'd done a cracking job in it. The, I'm trying to think if there's anything I dislike about uh, Major Kira and Reese. Um, I guess sometimes she maybe can hold her tongue a little bit, which I love. I'm Gray knows me. I, you're a, an arsehole. I'll call you an arsehole to your face. It's kind of like, don't hold back. Um, and she's a bit like that, this person, this character, you know, and, and sometimes in that kind of 
uh, environment, you've got to hold back a little bit. And that's where the Starfleet training would have came from if she was a full Starfleet officer. Don't do that Starfleet. You're, you're the model politician when it comes to these kind of things. Uh, so that's the only thing I can say about her that I dislike. You don't have her end. Oh, no, you do later on, Grace. I'll let oh, yeah. you touch on it at some point. Um, apologies for the sirens. That's, very That's red alert. You just have uh, to be careful. That is red alert. Um, how rude. They realise I'm recording a, a podcast. That's very rude. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I lo- absolutely love, adore this character. Uh, and we got to see her again in Lord Dex uh, the last season. Only episode we got. We yeah, ha- her and there was two characters. Who was the other one? Was it just her from D Space Nine? It was in Lord Dex. No, sure no, no. Oh, hey, Ferengi. We're both doing it. (laughs) No. Why are we both forgetting the name? You've forgotten the most famous Ferengi of all time. Quark. Uh, Quark. Quark's bar, yeah, Quark. Uh, And Armin Schumann played, uh, well, used his voice for Quark, as well as uh, Nana Visitor playing. Both of those uh, characters. We also had, um, who else was in it? There was only two. Uh, I think it was only two. Oh yeah, there were people were saying that they should have shown Odo somehow, but they didn't. Um, people were looking for like a respect shot somewhere, yeah. but they need starships really after that. these people. So respect, yeah. respect. But the whole thing was just so good. It was just it didn't really, to me anyway, it didn't really seem like a lower decks episode because so much respect was going on and so much was happening that that reeked in a good way, completely of Deep Space Nine that I almost thought it was like another lost episode or something. That's how good it was. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, well, great. Listen, do you want to just segue into the kind of, your second favorite Mm -hmm. uh, first officer uh, uh, and why? Number two, number two, number two. (laughs) Um, So in the second position, I put Kira of Deep Space Nine. And again, there's lots of reasons, but uh, probably one of the main reasons is, and we're and we've kind of touched on it a little bit, is as far as what the this first officer Kira had to do, there was a lot of material written for her. I mean, she was constantly on screen, constantly doing stuff, constantly uh, 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 in the bar arguing with Cork all the time, which was classic. There was lots of stuff going on between her, uh, Odo, and and Cork. So all this stuff was was constantly written into the episode because the majority of the stuff took place on the station. Yes, and she was and she was always really involved a lot. Not to say that Cisco wasn't, um, but she was. She had so much material and such great lines and such good acting. There's certain things that Cisco couldn't do that she could because of she was Bajoran, so it worked well, didn't it? But she had many episodes where she had like some great stuff written for her and super episodes that she was in. And I just felt that her body of work was huge. And so to me, you know, she deserved a second place spot because purely because of all that, you know, going on. She had far more, in my mind anyway, she had far more material over the course of the uh, seven years that that show was on as compared to uh, compared to Riker and TNG as compared to Chakotay, et cetera. There's just they. I mean, you would have killed for some of the stuff that was written for her. Yeah. And so that's why I had to just put her in second place. It was just I, I couldn't see anything else. She was pretty lucky though, Gray, that people on on Deep Space Nine had to have better stories because, like you say, for a good while, it was mostly on the space. You had to have better mm-hmm. writing, better episodes than on a starship where 
starship could be the hero for the episode or an alien right. race or something you know so um I mean, in Deep Space Nine, even though the Defiant was great, don't get me wrong, but this one of the characters, main characters in Deep Space Nine was Deep Space Nine. Yeah, the station itself. Oh, especially in the first episode, they literally had to move the bloody thing. Yeah. Move the station, which it wasn't designed to do, so that it could be set up the way it is. So, yeah. Right. Anything And I think Deep Space Nine has become a bigger Star Trek hit after it left the air because. You know, like you were saying, there's a lot people were split down the middle because, well, you know, some say, oh, Space Station, I'm not going to bother. And so they didn't bother watching. But then some of them that came around and finally started watching it, now they love the series. So it's actually it's actually picked up much more since it went off the air, which is funny because that's exactly how TOS did. When TOS was on, it had a good audience of diehard fans like myself. But when it went off the air, it freaking became worldwide. Yeah, great. You know, and that- this is why we need to wait for Starfleet Academy to come out. Yes, it could be like Beverly Hills uh, 9021 or whatever it's called, but it could be decent because it's not on a starship all the time. I, I'm I just have a saying, new name for just it. Saying. I'm gonna it's Star Flub Academy, that's what I think. <laughs> I can't I I can't see it being good, man. I really can't. Great. Is there anything yeah. you disliked even slightly about Kira Nari? She she got a no, I mean, she got a promotion later on, did she not? By the time of the Lord X episode, what was after Major? Or was it not uh, Major to begin with? Commander. I think she was Lieutenant Commander. Or you something. don't you don't get a Major in Starfleet, so it was obviously a Majoran rank. I'm sure she had a, yeah, a, a promotion after that. People know. Comment below. Well, she she was running the station. Period. Since Cisco left, it was, it's her station. I don't think she's captain though. No, but they. I don't think it was captain. Mm. They called her, but. I know, I know, Colonel. So they were using the British okay. uh, military yeah. terms more than the American ones, and their similarities. Mm-hmm. But it was Colonel Nerese that was higher up. Uh, there you go, yeah. got it. Um, solid choice, Gray. Solid choice. Some could say you copied me. I, I put my five down before you. Need to see. <laughs> uh, right. Okay, we're getting to the good stuff. Um, between my second and first choice was difficult. It was hard. Feel them obviously. You have an idea left. That it was difficult. It generally was difficult, uh, and I'll obviously explain why I edge one over the other. Uh, but Gray's going to go first. Um, in fact, no, I'm going to go first because I'm still on my second choice. You're still uh, on the second, yeah. And that would be uh, Spock. Now, where do you start? Where do you end with him? I'll try not to talk about him too much because I want to give Gray a bit of uh, limelight as well. Um, I didn't grow up with him, but still, I've obviously watched uh, reruns of TOS in, in, in the past where he's been outstanding. I remember him more for the TOS movies. Movies. Yeah. Fantastic in that. That's when you got to really flesh out his, his character. Um, he's obviously made special guest appearances and, and other things um, like... Star Trek: Next Generation, or and then he done that cross crossover with the Kelvin universe, which kind of shame they used him as that bridge, but yeah. he crossed over. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I like seeing him, but I wasn't fond of yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Uh, see, right, the thing is, we're going to then talk about like notable uh, additions to kind of the, the list. However, sometimes other versions are good to mention in in the, the one line. And what I mean by that is Leonard Nimoy's take. Number one, of course, never going to doubt that. However, 
every other version that's came after has been good. And I'm not going to judge them too closely together because I don't want to disrespect the man. But uh, the the Kelvin verse guy, ah, I forgot his bloody name as well. He was in Heroes. Um, he's oh, a massive yeah. Spock fan, a Star Trek fan. I thought he'd done a cracking job. I really did. Yeah. And Leonard Nimoy himself has said, cracking job. Um, you've got Ethan Peck. So far. Right, since, since Strange New Worlds came out, I, I would prefer Ethan over... Uh, Agreed. I would, I would as well. I would as well. And that's not a, that's not a slight and yeah. uh, the other guy's uh, take. It's just we are seeing more of Ethan... We are seeing more of a young Spock as well, who who embraces other parts that you might not see so much in TOS going forwards, uh, and it's designed to be like that. You see more of his wife, for example, mm-hmm. and the closeness they have. Uh, so I like that aspect of him. He's always got Kirk's back, um, and they're obviously friends, the two of them, as well as, as uh, uh, colleagues. Um, so I love that about him. Um, I guess it's very hard to find uh, slights in these characters and negative points, but if anything, I guess he was very reluctant for a while to embrace his human side. It was almost like a that's disgusting. That's a I'm Vulcan, but he's half he's half and half. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he eases off as it goes on, where he is more in touch as an older Spock speaking to Kelvin Ver Spock. The, right. Obviously, they're meeting up, which that was a brilliant scene. I must admit, despite it being a bit movie, um, uh, I think he's chilled more as an older Spock, Leonard Nimoy's take, and he's like giving advice to his younger self. But listen, chill, like embrace your human side and be the best of both worlds. And the only slight I can find in the guy, um, apart from that, I love him because he had very, very dry sense of humour. Very, very Sahara Desert dry sense of humor, which I absolutely love because I love dry humor. It's great and and dark humor. So cracking, uh, noticeable episodes in movies. There's too many to mention, too many to sure. mention. Um, but I loved him in the movies. He's brilliant. Maybe a special mention to Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home because that cracked me up for the same reason. I've got Jack Ransom as number four. Well, double dumb dumbass in you or whatever he said, you know and. And some of the funny things he was doing, it was just hilarious. So, Leonard Neboy, we miss uh, you, my friend. We miss you, and you are my number two. Oh, you go, mate. Sorry. You want to mention something to that? No, no, that's okay. I'll actually hold it for the number one spot that we're coming up to. Okay, okay. Well, fire away, Gray. Who's your who's your number okay. one? Okay. Well, there's only one left for me for number for the first spot, and of course, I pick I pick Spock, hands down. Drive the mic. Nothing else to say. No, only kidding. I always have something oh, to bye say. Bye, agree. I'll do but, the rest uh, myself. <laughs> like, like, no, for for me, I grew up on that show, so uh, I boy. remember seeing pretty much. And I remember when I was a kid when that show came out. It, I had to beg my parents to let me stay up to see it. Why? Uh, especially the well, because oh, the first two first seasons time. not. Well, the first remember back then, kids used to go to bed earlier than they do now. It's a whole other, another story. The first two seasons, it wasn't too bad because it wasn't on all that late. Mm-hmm. But the third season, they put it on Friday nights at 10 p.m. on purpose to kill the show. Even though they brought it back for a third season because of the letter writing campaign was so humongous and all the press picked up on it, they almost had to do a third season. 
but they decided, all right, well, we're going to do a third season because we don't want to look like idiots, but we're going to stick it in the Friday night slot and kill it because that slot back then was known as killing any show that goes in it. Um, so 10 o'clock to me as a kid, I'm like, I'm going like, no. And I'm sitting there begging my parents, please, please, please let me stay up. That was the only night of the week that I was allowed to stay up to watch uh, you know, Star Trek. Every other night, you know, off to bed. So, you know, so that's a big deal, you know, growing up with it. But the other reason is because, look, Spock laid the groundwork for everything that came. TOS laid the groundwork for everything that came. If there was no TOS, there would be nothing. There would be no Star Trek, period. Um, so sometimes for that alone, you got to give the props. Uh, he was the first first officer. He was, even in the original pilot, he was, uh, even though he wasn't first officer, he was a science officer. And then yeah. he became first officer after they finished that original pilot, The Cage. He's the only first officer that's worked under Captain Pike and Kirk. Um, uh-huh. So he's actually been been around, uh, fact, so to Moore, speak. Was but, he not there for... Um, who was before Pike again? April, I think. Yeah, but he, was he wasn't April around well. for April. But he wasn't. I don't no. know if he was with April. Um, so yeah. the thing is that being the first is already enough right there. But on top of that, the character was just so unusual because nobody was doing anything remotely close to something like that. You know, most of the stuff that was on back then, which was good stuff, uh, was the Twilight Zone and Outer Limits. And most of the time, the aliens and stuff were always portrayed, even if it was good, was only portrayed as being something that was either offbeat, weird, horrible, green or gray, uh, whatever, you know. And so there wasn't really anything as far as a intelligent per se alien that would do stuff like this um so this was the first and so and the whole thing going back to even the ears and stuff like that which was really funny is getting things past the sensors back then is nothing like it is today every today almost everything goes but back then they didn't want spock because of the ears why because they said his ears made him look demonic you know that you know the joke on his ears do you know the joke the famous joke which one go ahead well, it's actually more for Shatner, but it makes more sense for Spock. How many ears does Spock have? I don't know how many. We're <laughs> on subscribing mass now. Uh, he has three. Left ear, the right ear, and the final front ear. Oh, jeez. That's, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carry anyway, so, so the point is, is that this was, despite the fact that the censors wanted him out, they wanted to take the ears away, okay, and just make them normal-looking ears. And they had a heck of a fight trying to keep it in. So finally, they won, and Good. they kept the ears. And thank goodness for that, because that's everybody, you know, became... He became so definitive for that, that he was definitely an alien. Uh, Nimoy had the roll-down pat. We, we all know this. In this. Through the series, through the movies, I mean, there's nobody that could that could be Spock. And even when they did pick the actor that played Spock in the Kelvin <coughs> Kelvin universe and now in Strange New Worlds, they had to be really careful. Zachary Quinto, I found out, sorry. Yeah. Yes. And Ethan Peck even was talking about this too. He, you know, both Zachary, I believe, and Ethan Peck went to um uh went to uh Leonard Nimoy's estate and talked to the son and other family members and said, look, this is what I'm going to do. So yeah, they had such good, such high respect for Nimoy that they would actually go to the family. I love that. And say, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I would really love your insight. Anything you can tell me that your father did 
that I could bring with me to the character. And, and it really helped them a lot in portraying the character that they now do. Um, well, Zachary Quinto met the great man, so at least he's had yeah. some opportunity to bounce off him. Not so much with Ethan, although he's probably met right. him at some point. Yeah, Ethan really didn't have that chance, but he did be able to talk to the son and to the family, and it meant a lot too. So that was all really nice, but that's how much respect the actor had aside from the fact of the of the character. But there are so many, 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 many scenes that Spock was in in the TOS that were just classic. And when you stuck the three of them together, uh, Shatner, I mean, excuse me, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, that was freaking unbeatable. Yeah. Period. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it. they just played off each other so well. It was seamless. I mean, everything that went on between the three of them were just and they they were, great and friends, and of and course, were, too. Yeah, friends. Yeah, they were all friends. But it just played off. I mean, it almost seemed like it was just, it didn't even have to be written. It was yeah, just Yeah, normal. you don't have an interview with any of these guys, Craig, unlike some of the other guys, which is... Yeah, important. the only reason I don't is because at that time when I was interviewing, a lot of these guys... Uh, see, I, I end up interviewing the people because they appeared at Star Trek shows that my friend produced, which made it handy. But the problem was that the top three, those guys, right, demanded a lot of money. For, for, for Star Trek conventions, so they only went to the big ones, basically. Then was yeah, it they only went to the huge ones, that, exactly. And believe me, we, you know, my friend would have loved to have brought them in, but it was like, I, I mean, I'm telling you, the fee that they would charge would be a minimum three to five times the fee for any of the others. And it just was like that's kind eh. of a shame. They all love Star Trek. I know they do, but you know, when money starts to become more important, it can be just as important. But that's that's a shame, isn't it? But I guess, but I mean, it, it is a job. And back then, you know, they weren't doing the series. It was they were, they were doing some of the movies. And, and actually, for a 10-year period, they weren't doing the movies. So they had to earn money every, any way they can. So I, you know, I can't blame them sure. I mean, exactly. Sure. Um, but in any case, I, I just can't see how anything, any way you can't pick Spock for number one. Um, I, I agree with, I don't disagree with, uh, by the way, with your outlook on it, um, for anybody out there that thinks I might, I don't, I don't disagree. I'm not going to sit there and like hold Trevor. You can't, you know. It's just that, in my eyes, that's the way it has to be. There's just no other way. Well, let's talk about you know. my number one. It makes more sense as well. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's basically it, more or less. Anything you disliked about his character, even if you want to copy my one or whatever. No, I mean there were a couple episodes that were goofy, like most yeah. people. Understand oh, that Spock's the, brain, yes, that's Spock's brain is universally picked as probably the worst episode of of the TOS, <laughs> and the only other one that's picked worse, but not because it was bad, but because it was extremely dated, was the one where they had all the uh, uh, the uh, space hippies <laughs> and the movie and uh, the Kelvinverse movie. Because why did you ever do that, Leonard? Because it was a paycheck. Because that was why did you get yourself yeah. involved in that crap? Yeah, I don't get that either. But other than that, you know, there's no real. I can't really. I mean, every time he's on the screen, he's got something good to say. I mean, again, it's the perfect. It's the perfect. The perfect foible. The perfect playoff on all the characters. It was just. It just was. Yeah, and you Ethan's know, doing a it, great job, being early Spock, which we don't really yeah. see a hell of a lot of. So, he's doing. I absolutely love he's taking up. Absolutely love it. So look, the guy he has the. Out of the bunch, he probably has the biggest shoes to fill because he's playing a character that's already well established. Pike was established, but only in terms of the cage, nothing more. So 
so Anson Mount is doing an excellent job, but he only and I'm not trying to make it sound like it's easy. It's not. But he but he has to, he is actually fulfilling and creating the Captain Pike character as we see, or, you know, as we see him. But but Peck had to jump into the Spock role, knowing that Spock was always around and what he was like and what he became and blah, blah, blah. So it's tough. You got to sit there and like be able to do it the right way. And everybody there is some detractors that say that, well, you know, he shouldn't be showing so much emotion because that's not Spock and blah, blah, blah. Spock is, though. That's, I disagree with that, man. Right, I'm exactly. People don't remember these things. But when you look at the cage, Spock in the cage was emotional. Not extremely, but he was. And that was part of Spock's, advent, Spock's journey through his life. He was emotional, learned to embrace Vulcan 100%. Uh, so became much less emotional, and then all of a sudden, as he got older, saw the entire picture. More. Yep, saw the entire picture. As for we what do it in was. life, as we all do in life, Greg. It, right, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So they, there you go. So it's nothing really I can bad except for those few little things. It's yeah. a cracking choice. Can't go wrong with that. Like I say, it was very close yep. to be my uh, uh, number one as well. Low. Um, but the reason my first choice is Riker, um, and I'll touch on what Grace said before as well, it is, it is uh, William T. No, William T. Riker. I've just put in the middle initial in there. Although I think I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm sure he. I'm sure he does have one somewhere actually. Uh, Will Riker is my favourite. <laughs> now, uh, I'll quickly just initially agree somewhat and encounter Grace's point from before. Uh, I kind of somewhat agree that he didn't have uh, as much material as other first officers, but but he had a lot more than bloody say Robert Beltran for for example. Uh, oh yeah, a lot yeah. more than. Let me think. Actually, maybe not. Maybe that's the best example. Well, he had he, he had more than, uh, uh, and we haven't mentioned this because we made a special note at the bottom. But he had more than Saru does in Discovery. Yeah, he had more than. He had more than, in my opinion, Jack Ransom. He had more than, than yeah. whoever the first officer of Enterprise was, which I don't remember. To, to Paul. To Paul. Um, it's because... Okay. Um, well, no, no, no I, I'm not going to actually uh, disagree with you. I, I, I do agree, but, but for example, Saru was more than one rank. Always like three ranks or something now he's had. Yeah, so you can't even, right. So it's, you know, but just you, in you terms of stuff, I mean, yeah. the body of work you he, need had, to be he had was still much better, much more than that. Then. So... For me, Riker, I didn't even I didn't properly grow up with him. I remember I watched TNG on repeat. Actually, I didn't really watch it first time because I was still pretty young. However, um, I do love the guy because of the movies as well. After, I think he had more action than maybe you give him credit for, Graham. What I mean by that is mm-hmm. certainly more again than Robert Beltran, Jacote. Uh, he has, yeah. I can name episodes, the best of both worlds, one and two. Fantastic in that. Uh, the episode where he goes up against Picard and Picard's old yep, stargazer. Uh, and he has to outsmart and Wes goes back to get that science experiment, you know. go to the You go to uh, the Riker maneuver. And by the way, Gray, if you haven't watched that Cheryl Pod uh, interview with Jonathan Brakes, watch it because it's brilliant. They talk about the yep. Riker maneuver and I thought it was going to be and insurrection the movie 
where he uses the joystick to actually fly the Enterprise, which is a boyhood dream. Imagine that. What a bl- That's genius. Let's fly the biggest, bed, baddest starship, the whole Starfleet currently, with a bloody joystick. Oh, we'd kill for that. So, and then someone says, Jordy said after, I'm both surprised if they call that Reich maneuver, where he sucks up a lot of gas that's, you know, that it can be, uh, it gets exploded essentially by a, a torpedo afterward, the, the sonar's torpedo. And he does it at such an angle that I thought they were going to talk about this, but no, we're talking about the Riker maneuver, which is actually with that one episode of TNG, I can't remember what it's called, where that's a tall seat and he's a younger, more flexible guy. He actually mounts it from above and comes down and sits in it. He puts one leg over and sits down. I don't know if you recall that, Gray, rather than <laughs> sitting down the normal way. And they were having yeah. fun and jokes about if that was much taller, it would have been painful and all these kind of things. And he's, yeah, he just, that's what the Riker maneuver is. So when I see these things, um, they make me laugh. Um, I thought the fact that it was a lot more pivotal, he was so loyal. He stayed in Enterprise. He rejected several uh, transfers or promotions to become captain. Um, he could have been captain a lot quicker. His loyalty is unmatched to anyone, even up there with Spock and Kirk's. And you see that in Picard season three. Yes, he got to flesh his chops more in the movies and in Picard. Uh, and his his lines are hilarious with Worf. They're just absolutely comical. Um, In terms of, I mean, potentially best-looking first officer on the male side of things, I don't know, the ladies liked him, Jonathan (laughs) Frakes. Must have been that beard when he grew it. Yeah, well, that that episode, the one, one, was it one movie, Uh, an insurrection actually, yeah, where he actually shaves it off. Shaved it off, yeah. And, and I'm like, and then you, see, you actually see uh, Data go up to it, and he's like, he's like, yes, Data, it's as smooth as a baby's bum or bottom or something, and Data goes up and goes, I just walks away, genius. <laughs> right, I didn't like him when he had, that's one of the nitpicks, and it's a silly one. Never, yeah. ever be beardless again, Jonathan Frakes, William Riker, because the beard is what makes you, when he has the beard, and he's first officer, and he's got the especially the movie suit, which is the black and the purple. I really loved that. I yeah. really loved yeah, that. That's, that's a nice and that yeah. was a slight on TNG for the uniforms been crap for so long. Um, so I think he kicked ass. I thought he had many, many memorable episodes. Uh, maybe not as much as the other guys. Granted, Gray, I give you that. Uh, he. Behind Kira, I think he's the next badass, personally. That's my opinion. Not stating yeah. it as fact. Um, Spock is a bit different. He's he's supposed to be more chilled, but you wouldn't mess with Spock either. You really wouldn't yeah. mess with a guy. Like, he could seen a couple own. of times where he was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, had to just be a little more... Uh... The Vulcan nerve pinch or whatever, man, he could take you down. He's a strong... Vulcans are stronger than humans. They're supposed to be. Um, uh, and t- he's shown to be tactically astute. Uh, loyal, uh, supportive, um, and episodes he did do like the best of both worlds. He was brilliant in that. Um, but yeah, I don't want to rabble on too much about that because, let's like say, I do love the guy, but not many nitpicks like uh, the one I mentioned before. And yeah, maybe he could have had a bit more material written for him because I think he admits that. And that, but if you haven't watched it already, guys, the Shuttle Pod show where the two yeah, guys from Enterprise is brilliant. Uh, I love Jonathan Frakes because just talking, I could listen to the guy talk all day. He does curse and swear a bit like a trooper, which I love because yeah, just him being <laughs> fully relaxed and chilled 
um he, he generally enjoyed it's very the down to earth so. yeah exactly yeah. and that's what i love he's not pompous or stuck up or anything uh, and he's actually a very talented director and if you watch it he'll talk about why he wasn't offered more star trek movies or movies after the thunderbirds movie because that bombed massively and he was in charge of that um so go watch that guys and you'll get to know the character and the the man a bit more uh but yeah that is my and and, and as well across not just tng uh, i loved him across everything he'd done tng movies picard whatnot so that is our top five now we have some noticeable guys we put in afterwards um i haven't noted them down because i don't really see them relevant but i'm going to i'll chip in with gray um gray's got here in sixth place and seventh place respectfully saru from discovery and jack ransom that i covered from star trek lower decks and Enterprise, you were going to talk about, you've got her name. That's what I mentioned earlier on, Gray. Don't discount Enterprise. He hasn't seen enough of it. That's a problem. Tell him, guys, the last two seasons are great. He doesn't listen to me. Um, to Paul, uh, who, oh, my God. Wow, stunning. Absolutely stunning. Uh, but the actor was brilliant as well. Don't get me wrong. She was really... Which was one of the Knox ones. Great. Uh, she played the part. Originally. Great, see to talk about her, right? She like if you if you let me indulge with her, and, and I want your opinion based on what you know, not what you've seen. She was special advisor. She was part of the Vulcan Institute, whatever they call that, right? They're calling it the Starfleet. Yeah. She was on board as an advisor, Enterprise, right? And at the start, she was very ding dong with uh, Scott Bakula's character Archer. And very much against it, and this is the regulations. She's proper, hundred percent Vulcan. There's no, no, none of that scummy human blood anywhere near her. She's hundred percent staunch, right? But again, later on, she manages to chill out a little bit more. She's still emotionally herself, like we're not emotionally. But you will see when she goes into season two. I think it is when they have that Zindi arc and expanse. There's a a mineral in there that actually affects. The neuron, the neurons of a Vulcan brain, where they actually break down, and she gets addicted to this. Uh, it makes you go wacky, and she actually starts injecting it into herself, and she becomes a a nervous wreck, and she gets it on with one of the bridge officers, and it gets a bit steamy, and there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole Vulcan ship that gets lost in expanse because and all you, the. And you- all the and crew... you know they wrote that episode just because of that. Oh, exactly. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> there's an episode in Expanse where the Vulcans go nuts. So there's a ship. You don't see enough Vulcan ships. I like the whole round uh, warp cell thing. It's very unique. Yeah. They all go bonkers, man. They go nuts. It's like a mutant. It's like something out of a horror movie because this stuff breaks down their mind so much that they become old Vulcans from back in the day before they conquered their emotions. She right. was, I forget her, ah, I remembered her name until recently, uh, to Paul, to Paul, I will find it, because like, she does a cracking job. Um, you don't know much about her though, Grace, so... No, only when I saw the first season, that was enough. But you see, like, you, <laughs> you see, I mean, a bit of ding-dong, she was very much, yeah. the, very, the attitude that Vulcans had over humans. Yeah. You shouldn't be out here, and blah, 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 and this is how it should be done, and I'm quoting your Starfleet regulations and blah, blah, blah. These, it was very much like that. She a lot less like that later on. Same, right. same as Buck. Same as Buck. Um, who you're, you want to talk about six and seven place, Sarun and Jackie boy? No, I like... just, I mean, Saru, I loosely placed in six because he was, he was the first officer. Then he was a the captain. Then he was a the first officer. Then he was off the ship. 
Then he came back. And he's a special hey. advisor or some crap. Yeah, like I don't. That. I don't know. I lost track of everything, which is partly why I'm not. That <laughs> and his story arc as well, Gray was brilliant. Remember, he was he conquered the whole fear thing well, he I'm, had, and yeah. No, I don't. Not taking anything away from the actor because because Doug Jones is brilliant. He, right, Doug Jones is a really good actor, and he some for some reason he really excels when he's playing these alien characters. Uh, prior to this, uh, he played a, a character in Babylon Five. And he was so good in that series. I mean, it was it was just unbelievable. And he was again covered with all this makeup and uh, and whatnot. And and he's just he it's he really. I know he's won some awards, but he really is overlooked uh, on some of the awards that the man should get. I mean, nobody can act through the prosthetics and stuff that they have stuck on him like he could. He Massive just, high heels, man. This guy's a genius. There was only one other actor's actor, and again back in Babylon Five and Andreas. I can't pronounce his name. Is Andreas Katsoulis. Uh, he passed away not long ago, but he played a, a, an alien in Babylon 5, and he was also really good. I mean, you you would look at him or you would look at Doug Jones, and you you wouldn't know that they're really a human underneath there. You just thought they, they always look like that, you know, and stuff. And they don't get enough credit so in these hard. guys. They don't get enough credit because oh, they're God covered no. up. Yeah. It's just, how do you do that? I don't understand how he can get the feelings out it's so weird because i've seen other people wear makeup as aliens and yeah it's cool and stuff but man you got to be you got to be a good actor to get through heavy prosthetics like that and try to get the feeling you know to the to the viewer it's not easy right i could i could argue that that suru was maybe even better as um, I think you could argue for me that Saru was a better captain than he was a first officer. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He's very commanding no and very it. disciplined and very chilled and you respected and looked up to him. So. If, I was, if, I, if, it, if I was able to redo something, I would go back to Discovery and I would make him captain for the entire show with the ship that looks a little better than the one they have. Hmm. And, it, and it probably would have been a, a, a bigger hit because he, he was really good as captain. And it really shined, and and it's not to diss any of the other actors. I'm just saying that if they had the guts to make him being like the first alien captain, if you more or less, at least that we've seen, uh, uh, kind of that that would be that would have been Superman. That really would have been great. I would love to have seen it. Um, but, you know, it didn't happen. So the Paul, the the Paul actress, I can't believe I've forgotten it is Jolene Blaylock. Uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and my God, I candy man, sensational. Um, but I always talk first about their acting ability first because I don't want to. So, um, but yeah, uh, to Paul there, um, and then our, I think there's one person we haven't mentioned, and there's a very good reason for that. Can can you guess who it is? Mm. Michael no. Burnham. Oh right, okay. yeah. Purely because Discovery is not as good as the other Star Trek shows by a long shot. Yeah, but even, um, but even with her though, she kept on getting well, in and out of trouble, she, and then she would like go into jail, I, and then I, she got just, uh, again. What's her um? What was her uh? What's her name? I can't actually try to remember her name actually. But Michael Burnham. Yeah, we're doing good here, aren't we? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, Sonique Martin Green. I can't remember all yeah. the names. There's too many. She's brilliant. She's a brilliant actress. She was brilliant in The Walking oh, yeah. Dead. She's no, she brilliant in uh, She owns it. But she can only work with the content that's given to her, the lines that are given to her, right? And right. it got a bit too... I'm not saying there shouldn't be a motion in Star Trek. 
but it got a bit. Hey, this is very. This is a very good point. Great. They they discuss. Have you seen that uh, Cheryl Pod show with Jonathan Frakes yet? Yeah, not put you on the spot. Yeah. I watched about two thirds of it. So they talk at one point about they use a phrase that I've forgotten the, what the the name of this phrase is already. Modern terminology in talking Star Trek, right? So it didn't seem as alien. It could be more relatable. See, like the dry humor, the the line with Worf uh, and 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 Troy and him when he's talking about a twosome, and he's I'll I'll come and make yeah. a threesome, and he's like, "Do you even hear yourself?" He wouldn't have ever yeah. said that back in TNG. It was never written that way, but it's now written that way, which. I've got used to it now. I like it. That's maybe the way it should be. But at first, I was a bit weird. So um, the same kind of thing happens with Cynic Martin Green. Modern Trek, not the TNG era. Modern Trek is played to that. And I wasn't a big fan of it, really. So she done a great job. She was just, like Grace said, in and out of trouble. She was the first officer. Then she was no bloody officer. Then she's captain. And I don't disagree with being captain. I think she, for the brief time that she's in it as captain, what, a couple of seasons by the end of this fifth season, she is a good captain. She's done a good job. Her crew respect her to look up to her. She's not perfect. But she's a better captain than she is, again, first officer. Like Saru again. So, and she was always going to be captain. So, like, but as a first officer, because that's what we're talking about, Nah, she's the one that bloody started the war against the Klingons for crying out loud. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I'm bored. Yeah, we should yeah. fire on them, Captain. What have you done? You know, so he's never going to yeah, get that There's lots of stuff like that in that series. That's why it was just like, the uh, whole premise shouldn't even, shouldn't even have bothered. They're going like, well, we don't want to have a captain of a ship, and we don't want to, do, and I'm going like, dude, that's the formula. I thought it was genius, I mean, Gray. You... I thought I was. You don't like it. I thought it was genius. Why? Like, like Lord Dex doesn't focus on the bridge crew. I thought it was genius. No, no, it's not that. It's that. Is that? Is that in with Trek on TV? There's always a hierarchy that makes sense. So it should focus in on the captain and this and this two main co- cohorts. It always works. It always works if done properly. This time, the focus was on her, and in Discovery, she was. She she didn't know what role she had for the first two seasons. It was just crazy. <laughs> I couldn't keep up anymore. I'm going like, what's what are they doing with her? Just yeah. constantly just, just messing around. It was almost like taking a uh, you know a, a can of a can, reaching into a can and just pulling out a piece of paper and whatever's written on it, you'll go with it. Yeah, me, <laughs> my Yep. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, we digress. But yeah, that's what we do. I mean, it's yep. uh, it was interesting talking about these like you know, side characters that we're never going to make top five, but. We had an interesting top five. Um, I respect mm-hmm. Gray's choice for Spock as number one. I think he respects my choice as Riker as number one because very hard to pick the two. Were you... No, I mean, actually, I've answered my own question before I even asked it. Were you stuck ever even slightly between Spock and Riker and you're not because you put hands down, drop the mic. So that was yeah. a no-brainer for you, especially because you put Riker in third, actually. So You know, also, too, there's, there was the... And I can't remember who it was exactly. Oh, yeah, it was. Like, it was the first officer in Star Trek the Motion Picture, Captain Decker, who was in command of the Enterprise, had a first officer. Which Got a I decent job. Was the girl. Respectful, decent job. It, yep. And there was the girl, I think, was his first officer. So if you really want to go back and start looking at stuff, that was a brief stint. But if you want to was the first pick. officer then too. Yeah. True, true. Um yeah, okay, guys. Uh we will probably wrap it up there. Um uh, it's been a good long chat. Uh, if there's any particular specials you want to see for next week or between now and 
when Page New World of Season 2 comes out, please let us know and we'll try our best to cover them. Uh, but I guess until then, thanks for coming along, Gray, and do your thing, my man. Remember, upvote, look down there for other links and stuff, and live long and prosper. Uh, you'd be sad if you hadn't done that, man. That's important. Um, thanks, guys. <laughs> Cheers. Until the next time, see you later. Bye. Bye.